0: It's a bird, it's a plane. Nope, it's wireless connectivity in the sky. Welcome to an all new episode of Connections Tech Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway. And today we are talking about how 5G, 4G LTE and broadband connectivity are reaching new heights via drones and balloons in the sky. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, Matt Skoog, who is Connections Partner Development Specialist for Mobility. Welcome to the podcast, Matt.
1: Hi, Penny. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. We also have Rob McIntosh joining us today. Hey, guys. And uh, we are really excited for today's topic. We're going to be talking uh, really about all things connectivity, but specifically around 5G, because Matt, that is your area of expertise, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. We're seeing a huge increase in the need for 5G connected devices.
0: So let's kind of uh, 5G is one of those things that everyone is talking about. I'm seeing commercials about it nonstop where it's pretty much the future. It is what everyone is saying is going to change everything. And when we look historically back at, you know, 4G and 2G, I think the the stat that I read was that uh, around 2018, 4G replaced 2G as the primary uh, level or speed of connectivity. Is that right? That's right. So when we look at 5G and we know 4G kind of, or maybe people don't even realize how 4G changed our lives. Um, But tell us a little bit about really what 5G is just comparatively to what 4G is today.
1: Absolutely. And that's a great question because most people don't know. From 3G to 4G, there is a huge difference. Most of us remember that where we can actually use our our phone to actually pull up the internet. Mm. 5G is going to change that dramatically in three major ways. There's going to be a huge increase in speed. There's going to be a huge decrease in latency. And it's going to be able to expand the, the bandwidth to more devices in a smaller area.
0: I remember I just had like a flashback as you were talking of using my old Blackberry and waiting for like I was on Facebook when there wasn't even an app yet mm-hmm. and I it was probably on 2G or 3G technology cuz I would be waiting for a picture to load and waiting and waiting And waiting. And with 4G now, it's not even like you scroll through an app and it's all right there. What are the things, just to kind of give the audience a a sense of what 4G brought, what were sort of the big emergencies um, in different industries that 4G brought us that maybe we don't realize?
1: So going from 3G to 4G, one of the things that we really saw come out in a huge industry was Uber, Some of these companies out there that we take for granted every day, Uber, apps like Instagram, Snapchat, we didn't have access to those. Those didn't even exist when we had 3G. So when 5G is deployed, what is that going to bring?
0: Could it possibly bring driverless cars with uber
1: good
2: <laughs> it's I, our- i'm all in <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, you know rob and i were talking uh last uh last week's episode of what the tech just happened we were talking about tesla specifically and how uh their autonomous vehicle has a what did you call it rob it's a a call what's the action like call to
2: I think it's car retrieve car retrieve or auto retrieve I think is actually what it is
0: Yeah, where on the Tesla you just or Tesla app or whatever you call your car. So that could be the future of Uber is having people show up and what what did we say earlier? No more awkward conversations with your Uber driver. <laughs> that is what 5G is bringing us.
2: <laughs> That's what prompted 5G those awkward conversations.
0: <laughs> Uh, so I think one of the uh one of the really cool things and you said like decreasing latency and things like that is when I was reading about you know the difference between 4G and and 5G is right now I think what we download things on an average of how many megabytes per second do we typically down so download something now at like 25 or 30.
1: Somewhere around there. And
0: what is 5G going to bring
1: us? Oh my gosh It depending on where you're located it could be one to three gigabytes per second. Whoa. That's crazy. So <laughs> that's, that's going to be industry changing
2: for a lot of folks like you look at the gaming industry and you talk about zero latency and you're talking about those kind of speeds, that's going to to revolutionize gaming. It, how about broadcast too? I mean, the broadcast industry with 4K and 8K, mm-hmm. now you've got this bandwidth. I'm assuming that
1: 5G incorporates into that some way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things, I'm not saying this, but something that I'm hoping for, everyone has Comcast. With <laughs> 5G, it's going to be able to provide speeds, download speeds, upload speeds, uh, internet connection, that's all wireless. It oh, could, wow. Wow. So, I didn't even think about everyone's that. Everyone's yeah. always talking about cutting the cord. This is actually going to give us. <laughs>
0: there will be no more cords.
1: Yeah. I, I was reading something on,
2: on 4G and it was looking at all of the IoT devices that are connected and just kind of the traffic jams that are happening right now and, and that it's slowing everything down. Talk a little bit to
1: like 5G, exactly what that does with all these IoT devices out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so currently on the 4G network, um, the 4G network can support up to 4,000 devices in a square mile, okay. um, which isn't a ton. Um I think, I think I have 4,000 in so my house alone. A little <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I was going to say, so uh, a square mile, if we look at, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, the city of Boston, when you look at the its total uh, range of distance, I might not be quite factual here, but it's not that much greater. I, I think it might be something like five miles, mm-hmm. you know, citywide between all of its borders. So when you say one mile, mm-hmm. you know, think of the city of Boston, and a, now a fraction of the city of Boston could have 4,000 devices mm-hmm. on 4G. What would 5G bring in that same
1: space? 5G is going to bring capabilities to support up to a million devices in a square mile. Jesus. Wow, wow, from 4,000
2: to, what did you just say? 10,000. 1 million. Oh, one million. <laughs> you always said the I zero. Was like,
0: I'm, I do, I always either forget a zero or I add a zero where it doesn't belong.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> Holy 1, cow! To a million. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: That's revolutionary because I—I I mean, IoT devices are—you uh, know—we've talked about them in the past during our our security podcasts and things like that, where they're in hospitals, they're in our homes, uh, they are basically creating new pathways for us to seamlessly ask for things and get for th- and get things. This is really transformative when you think about it on an enterprise level of corporations being able to implement 5G technology and IOT devices to operate their business. Mm -hmm. They will literally be moving at the speed of light.
1: Oh, absolutely. I (laughs) I just saw in the news today, Walmart is talking about setting up health centers with 5G across the country.
0: Yes actually um, I believe we have some ties to the Walmart Health Center yes we do yes we do um, connections uh, that was actually a really good setup Matt thank you uh, connection actually was a part of Walmart's inaugural um, health center um, and building some of that infrastructure uh, so what kind of things are are they looking to do with their 5g connectivity within those health centers
1: yeah definitely any healthcare organization that's successful is having that connected uh, system and where these these centers are going to be spread out across the country, maybe in rural areas that don't have access to reliable broadband internet. That's where this 5G system is really going to shine, bringing superior health care to everyone across the country, whether it's in a major, major city or whether it's, you know, in a very rural part of the Midwest.
0: You know, that's a good point because that was um, that was one of the things when Walmart had announced uh, their their health care uh, uh, go to market and uh, about how they were targeting the more rural areas that didn't have access to uh, proper health care or convenient healthcare and being uh, having connectivity in a rural area area, I think, has always been an issue. Some may have thought that it always will be an issue because you can't always get cell towers or you can't always get wires places. But like you were saying, where all of this could be delivered wirelessly, that basically eliminates sort of that disparity between more urban areas having a broadband and wireless at their fingertips and all of these other remote locations having nothing or having no access. One of the uh, an interesting article I, uh, I pulled up, and again, I have a lot of refer backs to old podcasts today. Uh, Lane Shelton, um, during our uh, cybersecurity series, was talking about how Microsoft has really new eyes with their their cloud platform because they are able to collect user data and connectivity data and what people are doing and where they're doing it. Which sounds very big brothery, but. It's the future, but the future is now. (laughs) Knowing what everyone is doing is the future. Um, But they were saying that the the FCC does an annual report of, you know, who has access to broadband and who does not. And the FCC reported about 19 million people didn't have access. And when Microsoft did their reporting, um, there was a huge disparity between what the FCC had said and what Microsoft actually found in their study. The FCC estimated that about 19 million people didn't have access to broadband. When Microsoft did their research, it was 162.8 million people didn't have access. And for... Just a point of reference: the FCC, when they're looking at, they're looking at census data and they're looking at corporate data, and it's defined by there's specific legislation that says, you know, what deems someone having access to broadband, and what deems them having access is that if a company wanted to or needed to provide broadband to a rural or remote location, then that is considered access. So you could have one person that maybe has access or you could have the ability to provide them access in the future, but it doesn't mean that they're actually on broadband or adopting broadband. And so there's a huge disparity between what the FCC thinks and what Microsoft is actually finding out from actual user data.
2: So I was just going to say that. So actual users, is not necess- it's not necessarily the actual users, it's just who potentially could be covered by those stats,
0: Right, right, because uh, they're looking at county data. So they're breaking it up by county, and they're saying X number of people, um, the census reports X number of people live in this county, and the cable or broadband provider has one customer in that county, but there could be 5,000 people in that county. So the FCC would count, instead of one, they would count 5,000 but microsoft in the way that they're looking at it they're actually looking at the, the individual users. user okay more so accurate yeah so they're looking at that one person versus 5000 so that's why there's such a huge difference between 19 million and 162 million got it which is huge but you know uh, 5g you know i don't think anyone's going to run out tomorrow and you know put up a million cell towers or put up you know run wired you know, broadband access anywhere. But 5G could essentially eliminate that disparity in rural areas, you're saying.
1: That's right, yeah. So, Especially for schools.
0: Oh, uh, so, so huge, rural so, schools.
2: Speaking to that, though, the, the infrastructure itself, in order to set this up, you know, so we talked a little bit about the the wavelengths on it, and it's a shorter wavelength, and that you need more cell towers on that. So you're looking at the, you know, the big, the big four, the big three, the big four, mm-hmm. um, that are setting
1: up the infrastructures right now, uh, who's leading the charge on it? Depends on how you look at it. But my feeling is that Verizon is very um, invested in 5G mm-hmm. um, and in the, the newest technology with that millimeter wave. Um, something we were talking about before was Verizon is buying all the fiber. They've bought all the fiber in America wow. for the next three years to set up this millimeter wave technology across the country. So if other companies need fiber, they have to buy it from Verizon.
0: Verizon. So what's the, we hear on, you know, I'm sure anyone watching TV, they hear the T-Mobile commercials Mm -hmm. about having the most 5G and the, or the best 5G in the most places. And then you hear Verizon's commercials that are saying, no, we actually have all of the 5G. So what's the difference between what T-Mobile is offering and versus what Verizon's offering?
1: So not all 5G no- networks are created equal. 5G is a, the newest generation. It's the fifth generation of LTE, which is long-term el- evolution. The 5G technology goes on different bandwidths. There's low bandwidth, mid bandwidth, and high bandwidth. The low bandwidth is similar to the speeds of 4G. Um, mid band is a little bit faster And the high band, which is the millimeter wave, is what Verizon is very focused on because it's going to bring the most benefits, most speed, decreased latency, uh, and covers the most devices in a small area. However, it does have its limitations um, where the low bandwidth and mid bandwidth, they're able to penetrate different buildings and structures, trees pretty well the millimeter bandwidth cannot. Um, so it's going to be focused on a very small area and it's not going to be able to penetrate into buildings.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: So you have that, you have that trade-off. So they even said the foliage, so you got the
2: buildings and the foliage is going to interrupt the signals when you get to the higher bandwidths on those, which is interesting because that's, that's where ultimately we want to be, but you've got to, kind of figure out, especially in those remote areas, which is better to go with the lower the bandwidth or the higher bandwidth. But I'm, I'm assuming that you could do some type of hybrid w- with these, like, like could Verizon go with a, high, uh, with, a, with a higher bandwidth and connect to a lower bandwidth?
1: Yeah, so currently what is happening is all of the major carriers are building out their version of 5G and they're focusing on one small area because this is a huge infrastructure across the country. So T-Mobile and AT&T are focusing on low bandwidth.
0: Mm. And that's how they're spreading it so wide so fast.
1: Correct. Verizon's focusing on the millimeter bandwidth, which they're building that out as well. But all three carriers will be providing all bandwidths uh, for 5G once it's all built out.
0: So the, they're building out the, the infrastructure to support it, but we still have the device that needs to be capable to run on that network. Right. So where, what's the, I think I saw what Verizon has a couple of phones. T-Mobile has a few phones that are capable. Mm -hmm. So. Why can't a why can't the device that I normally use operate on a five g network versus a a five g
2: phone? Great question.
0: I know. well, I've been actually I've been legitimately <laughs> like curious about this, <laughs> mostly because i I don't buy new phones all the time. Like I use my phone until my husband says to me, it's time to, for us to get new phones. Like you were
2: Warren Buffett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I'm not as slow to adopt, but I, I, I don't see. I see this as just a a piece of hardware, and it's the things that I do on it that are are different. And I don't have a lot of. Needs. I mean, I'll be honest. I scroll Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram um, the most on this phone. And I can't even believe how much I paid. <laughs> <Boy. laughs> <laughs> um, but so I'm not a, I'm not a quick adopter. So I wouldn't necessarily run out and buy a 5g phone. I'd want to know why I can't use this phone on 5g.
1: So the good news is you, you can, <gasps> yay, you can, you don't have to buy a new device. Um, and he just literally just <laughs> lit up here. <laughs> um, you will be able to use your device if it's a 4G um, device. Um, the downside to that is you're not going to reap any benefits yeah. on, of the 5G, speed, latency, any of that.
0: Okay. Is it like the, the processor in the phone? Is it Or just is it a, a magical 5G phone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're all magical, but uh, I think it comes down to the antenna.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so it won't actually pick up the 5g signal.
1: Correct.
0: Okay. Oh, so that's that, pretty simple, right? Yeah. I probably could have Googled that, huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, we got Matt here. That's why I have
0: Matt here. I don't need Google. <laughs> um, so, you know, 5g is, I, I think, uh, it's tell us the, is it only here in the United States? What is it doing globally? And you know, where are we in the, the pace of, uh, of adoption and creation?
1: Yeah. So, so 5g is a global technology and everyone is racing to have their, put their stamp on their brand of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where every country has different, uh, standards of technology. We're lucky we have, or unlucky. We have FCC giving us <laughs> those standards. Um, so across the board, um, I would say the U S has a better 5g standard across the Mm -hmm. infrastructure across globally. Okay, You know, when we start getting into different countries, they have different infrastructure, they have different um, companies, they don't have Verizon, they don't have AT&T, they don't have T-Mobile or Sprint. So those companies are going to do things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say the US definitely has a more sophisticated infrastructure to support all the devices that will be going on. these networks. I look at this like
2: how it does inspire industry too. So the way that this, the adoption that's happening now, the speeds that are happening now, Exactly how they're going to implement the whole system and then you look the way industries are going to adapt to this as well You know they're they're talking about that the fourth industrial revolution and they're saying that 5g is Literally what is going to propel that innovation in that fourth industrial revolution. I think it's crazy You know and you look at all those IOT devices and now all the things that are starting to happen with that type of Connectivity and the mobile world itself, you know, everybody is going from desktop now to mobile everything. There's more things happening happening on mobile, which is going to take advantage of that 5G network. So it's, I don't know, it it blows my mind when I think about it. it.
0: I'm sitting here and I like, I'm, I'm staring off into space a little bit because I, like you said, we Snapchat, Instagram, everything that we use right now came from the 4G connectivity. And Mm -hmm. it, it feels so ingrained in our life and behavior today that I can't even wrap my head around what's next, which I'm sure that's like normal. It's not like this. I'm sure everyone has felt that way when new technology comes or something is forthcoming. Um, but it, it's it's nuts to me. I can't even imagine what more I would be able to do than what I do today.
2: Yeah. When we looked at those earlier networks and you look at like the, the, the 2G and that, hey, you could text and, and make phone calls. And then the 3G came out, and then all of a sudden you could get that connectivity with the internet. But how frustrating was that? Oh, it was
0: the worst. Like yeah. I said, on my BlackBerry, I was waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting you know, and for know picture. That video or
2: a video, you know, finally a video, a, you know, a 15-second video would pop up, and Three seconds of it would play, and you're like, you're psyched, and then it would stop, you're like, man. And then 4G came out, and all of a sudden you're getting this streaming media on your phones, on your tablets that look really good, and you're like, hey, we're there. But then you still have a little bit of that latency. Now they're they're, they're talking about crazy stuff where um, you can take you can take drones, you can put a camera on a drone and somebody can be thousands of miles away and have a VR headset on with the controller and with the zero latency, with almost almost zero, it's like one latency, with with, um, with the 5G network that it's all real time. So they can watch and they can look around, they can look up, they can look down and see everything that's going on there and interact with the environment
1: a thousand miles away from, because of 5G. Do you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. Always. So kind of based on that you're a thousand miles away, healthcare. I'm always about healthcare. Um, one of the breaking technologies that they're really looking into is remote robotic surgery. So you can have the best surgeon in the world uh, operate on you oh from a thousand miles away. But Matt, no, I, I'm sitting in the operating room <laughs> and
2: I have this <laughs> robot coming at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> rob, you drove a car that
0: drove. Actually, a car drove you last week.
2: You're right. You're right. <laughs> take a little bit of getting used to. Right.
0: It's. But I think those are the things that we can't even wrap our mind mm-hmm. around today. That in 20 years it'll be no big deal. Like a rob, a robot, a robot,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: a robot. I've been replaced already. Yeah, a robot is operating on me and it's it ain't no big deal Mm -hmm. like this is that is that's the future that's it's mind-blowing it's i think what's so mind-blowing to me is that we talk about these things and they are very real and they are very possible and it's not so far ahead that we we won't see it in our lifetime but then like we were just talking about on the flip side there's there's a school kid in rural Alabama or Louisiana They can't even get on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like one of these things that is so hard to, to come to terms with that you can have such futuristic advanced technology in some areas, but nothing in other areas
2: which brings us to another thing you you brought up in your intro to this about balloons and drones and, yeah. and and bringing the the cell experience to these remote areas yeah so i i started reading a little bit about that and i saw i think it was at a number of years ago came up with these what they call the flying cows which was um cell on wings And they would put these drones up into the air and they would connect into the 4G network and be able to supply that cell coverage to these remote areas that otherwise wouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. And they say like when there's emergencies that go on too, like back in the day when 9-11 happened, if this was there, they would send these, you know, these these drones up in the air and be able to give the coverage so that you have more more towers, more things going on, so you don't have that kind of clog. Mm-hmm. And they're saying now that it can happen with, with the 5G network as well. And they're sending these drones up there and they've used technology now that, that has um, solar panels on the wings so that these things, I think when AT&T did it with the flying cows, they could stay up for like 24 hours connected to another energy source. But now they could put these things up and they're saying they can stay up there for 30 days at a time, which think about that. I mean, that revolutionizes that whole industry into these remote parts of Africa that n- normally right. would not be able to get it. It's, it's wild.
0: Well, the, the other, um, the other thing about that, the, uh, the company Alphabet, which uh, for people who don't know, it was founded by the founder, was started by the founders of Google. And eventually at some point in the near future, I imagine all of Google's entities and, you know, uh, data and proprietary information will be owned by Alphabet. But uh, Alphabet has a system I believe called Loon, which is balloons. So I think they're they're made to stay up longer. They're not flying. They're not on a battery like like a weather
2: balloon type. Yeah, like a weather
0: balloon. And they are, you know, have dedicated airspace, which this is what I find really fascinating is Uh, This isn't just uh, technology companies that can do this all on their own. Our airspace is regulated, highly regulated in order to put drones in the air and balloons in the air. uh, You know, the FCC has to be part of it are, um, I'm going to not remember the name of the giant organ, FAA, the FAA (laughs) has to be part of it. Um, Too many acronyms and then we forget what they all are. Um, But this has to be a, you know, an effort on all parties to get approval. But these balloons right now that Alphabet is putting up, um, and there's a lot of other partners involved um, that came out of the 5G summit back in uh, 2019. These balloons have connectivity that can span 400 about 435 miles between them and just 40 of them can provide connectivity to the entire country of japan wow and like that is that's amazing because this is hitting areas like we said earlier where cell towers have never been built and are not going to be built, where fiber has never been laid and never will be laid. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I worked for a company years ago that was laying all of the unlit fiber um, that Verizon I'm sure now owns now. (laughs) I almost wish I was still there one time to to be in a fiber optic company. but uh, it it's it's fascinating at the the idea of everything that can now go on in the sky when we were so focused on what was happening on land. Um, so things like Africa and covering an entire country with 40 balloons.
2: Yeah, I mean, of, it's it's technology inspiring innovation. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, man, oh man,
0: <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm sometimes I'm bl- like we do an episode and that my mind is just blown by the, the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it happens quite often. I feel like I also last episode, I said something like the bee's knees. So I'm clearly <laughs> like 50 years behind everybody else in adoption of anything. Um, so what are, uh, when we talk about, when we talk about 4G, all of these, I mean, 5G, all these things are amazing. What we're going to be able to do is amazing. But What's the timeline like for adoption? Do we see uh, people like us walking around with 5G phones sometime in 2020 or like a high percentage? Or are we still a few years off before this takes off?
1: That's a great question. And there's people just like you and me that are walking around in certain cities in the U.S. that are accessing 5G right now. Depending on the, the carrier, they are covering different cities across the country. A lot of major cities are being supported by all the carriers for 5G. Just to give you an idea, at the end of 2018, they had about six cities across the country. Today, Verizon alone, supports over 31 cities across the country. Wow. And that's just Verizon. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about AT&T, they have about 20. T-Mobile has, you know, probably around 20 as well. So they're going to be building out this this infrastructure. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be honest. Right. They do have some 5G uh, support right now in certain cities, but we're going to see the majority of the 5G, you and me, in all the, you know, surrounding major cities probably within the next three or four years
0: okay so it's not to, robots won't be operating on us tomorrow we're still away. <laughs> <laughs> no robots I'll, for us I'll be, an,
2: I'll be an early adopter though <laughs> <laughs> i
0: was gonna say when you get your first hip replaced it might oh, be a, but ouch. that's a long time away Thank you,
2: Thank
0: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> i'm sorry what's that mean a little bit okay i, I i'm sorry i didn't mean it to be <laughs> You can cut that out.
2: Nope, I keep being <laughs> in it so people can see how mean you are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll never.
0: <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this, I got to tell you, this has been enlightening. There's a lot of questions I had around 5G. I, I am curious though, what was like the first city that that adopted 5G? What was kind of the
1: test city? Oh, I wish I knew. I I don't know. I was going to say Seattle. It's not going to be Seattle. You know,
0: it's uh, but the cities that are in the current list, I think, are like Chicago.
1: Chicago, New York. New York. um, Dallas. Mm -hmm. um,
0: Seattle is probably one of them. San Fran. Yeah. So so major cities. And I always think New York is one of the first. Manchester. (laughs) (laughs) it'll be the last city probably (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it's like they're hitting high population high volume cities and i like you said three to four years before we really see the network and the infrastructure built out the, you know, us as all users have to adopt it before those companies like the the 4G, Snapchat, Instagram and Uber um, until they have a network of people that they can deliver all of those services to. That's mm. all yet to be developed, but it's all really exciting. And so what um, for people looking to sort of. Maybe enterprises start that conversation around 5G and mobility. Oh, where do they start with you and your team? How do you help support that, that sort of discovery and research process?
1: For us, is really understanding the use case and really exploring what their needs are and what is available to them. And that just comes down to sitting down and really talking to them and talking to the customer and really seeing what that value we can bring is. And that's, that's basically it, is just really understanding and showing what solutions we have available. Excellent. Awesome. Great insight, Matt. Appreciate you coming in.
0: Yeah, this was, uh, I think, a long-awaited topic. We've wanted to talk about 5G for a while, um, so it was good to understand sort of the history of 4G and the entrance of 5G, what our capabilities are going to be moving forward. And then aside from that, how just we are delivering more connectivity, more wireless, more access to those rural areas in the United States, but as well as globally. And, you know, we touched we touched on the disaster the disaster portion of this. And I I meant to mention that we actually deployed drones, not we, um, but drones were uh, deployed during the Puerto Rico aftermath. Ah. Um, 17 drones were deployed um, because they lost all connectivity. Um, So stories like this, I think we'll see more and more and more of. And we will probably have you and your team back on uh, to get more 5G updates as we go along. Um, but if you have uh, questions or you're looking to do more research on what 5G can do for your company, um, reach out to us at www.connection.com. You can also email us at podcast at And on whatever platform you are listening on, make sure you like, share and comment. Did I miss anything, no, Rob? You got it all. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> um, Matt. Thanks so much for joining. A great conversation and a lot of fun. And Rob, thanks as always. Uh,
2: thank you. Thanks, thank- guys. Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Bye, bye. And how drones and balloons are bringing remote areas new, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> it was
1: so good. It was like
2: perfect.
0: I looked at you and I was like, God, it's gone, that's <laughs> gone. That was
2: so good. You okay, want to do it again? Yeah,
0: one more time. Okay,